0: Good morning. It is wonderful to be with you today. It really is. And uh, I I do just want to say that I am not a guest speaker. Um, I I am a pastor here on STAB. My name is Mike. And one of the things that you already know is that the greatest gift you could ever give someone is the gift of time. And I want to say with an incredible heart filled with gratitude, thank you for being extravagant with me. Uh, Over, like you've given me a great gift in the gift of time. Uh, you've granted me a study break of the last couple of months, and I have, I, I'll just give you a quick report about how I used it. I've probably read about 20 or so books. I've visited a dozen or so churches, talked to pastors and to church staffs. I, uh, I went on a trip to Washington DC with the uh, International HIV AIDS conference there I led 90 of you to to the holy land where we sweat where Jesus sweat um I, uh, I was able to work with Pastor Gary, and we put together a 170-page devotional guide called Rooted that we're going to have in your hands uh, by the 16th of September, so that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, I was able to write about 60 pages of almost pure junk uh, on a first draft of a new book project that I'm working on. Right now, and um, uh, just in all of this, I have just felt myself incredibly blessed. Now, when I came back from my study break, I found that my office had been wallpapered with this picture. Uh, This is me. and uh, I wish it wasn't, but uh, that's what y- you get for not locking the door of your office on your study break. Here's, here's what I learned. I felt like God showed me two things while I was on my study break. I just want to share them with you real quickly. The first thing that I think he showed me is, number one, nobody is irreplaceable. And I mean this in the most kind-hearted, humble kind of a way. Uh, nobody's irreplaceable that God has an incredible variety of talent and potential. And there are so many incredible leaders and teachers and pastors here at Overlake. And, I, and as I join the hundreds of others who participate in Overlake's uh, online services, it's streamed online every Sunday morning at 9, 20, and 11. And, and I would join many of you, online and, and I would just be amazed at the teaching of Pastor Rory or Pastor Jake or Pastor Bob as Josh and Neely and, and uh, Rory, uh, Pat, Pastor Pat and, um, and Pastor Gary. I mean, I was blown away by them. And can we just thank them for adding to their plate this summer? So grateful for this incredible staff. Yeah. But the next thing, and I mean this incredibly truthful, that I visited many churches and I talked to many pastors and I saw in many different settings what God was doing around the world. And I want to tell you very sincerely that I believe with all my heart one of the most dynamic and loving, powerful expressions of the local church in the world today is Overlake Christian Church. And I love you with all my heart. Can you give yourselves a hand? For being a phenomenal church in the kingdom of God. I love you. And so, at this point, what I'd love to do is invite you to grab your notes out of your handout, and you'll see that today's message is called Bigger. Bigger, real simple, bigger. And here's what it means go bigger, live bigger, love bigger, dream bigger, give bigger, believe bigger. In short, it is time for us to supersize our faith. Right? We are called to live bigger. For many of us, today's the day, we need to trade in our old faith and trade up for a bigger faith. For some of us, today's the day, we trade in our old life and we trade up for a bigger life, for a bigger faith, for bigger impact. Now, some of you, right off the bat, you're kind of pushing back. You're writing this off. You're saying... Well, this is a nice message, it's a real motivational kind of a tone, but I've already tried that, I've already tried to go bigger, I've already tried to go better, it doesn't work for me, I'll just end up back where I started. Let me tell you a little secret. The enemy of God, Satan, Satan's not his name, it just means the adversary, the enemy. Satan does not want this message to be called bigger. Satan wants this message to be called Face It, You'll Fail. And some of you, that's already where your heart posture goes. No, 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 I'm afraid to trade in my own life for a bigger life. I'm afraid it'll just fall apart again. I'm I'm afraid. I, I don't want to push through my relational fear and get in fellowship. I'm afraid of that. It'll fail. You know I I'm afraid of of stepping in past sort of my isolation into community. I'm afraid of of stepping in past my plateau into growth. I'm afraid that it'll all just descend again. Friends, this is the life in the pit of hell. And this is why every time we hear that whisper of the enemy of God, we must reject it outright. You can't let his voice be the determining factor in your life. God is bigger, and God invites you to live bigger. And so, with his help, with the power of his Holy Spirit in our life, we can tell him today, Lord, I'm ready to go bigger I'm ready to be bigger. I'm I'm ready to experience more. I'm ready to have a bigger impact with my life for your kingdom and for your glory. So just think about what area it is that God is calling you to go bigger. Is it in your faith? Is it in your spiritual growth and your depth of knowledge of faith? Is it in your joy? You're hovering around mediocrity and melancholy and God wants you to live a joy-filled life. Is it in power? You're feeling like a very helpless kind of a Christian. God wants you to be empowered by his spirit. Maybe it's in freedom. Some of us, we feel like we're still in bondage to an old way of life, an old behavior pattern, an old thought pattern, and Jesus wants you to step into the fullness of his freedom. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's wholeness. All of us have brokenness physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, And so, God wants us to step through that brokenness into the fullness of His healing. Friends, there is a bigger way for us to live. And I just want to declare to you today, to all of you, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, no matter how big you think God is, God is bigger. No matter how big your faith is, I promise you that the Lord is bigger than the measure of your faith. You can take a step forward today no matter where you are. It's there for all of us. I want to confess to you, friends, that there are so many times in my life when I'm living below the level that God wants me to live. I assume that's true for you. So many times we live below the level of joy that he wants for us. So many times we live below the level of freedom. So many times we live below the level of effectiveness that God wants for us, that he invites us into, that Jesus Christ died on the cross to provide for us. But we settle there. So friends, I just want to encourage you today, no, no, let's step forward into the bigger life that God has for us. And it starts with being reminded of what God our loving God does for us. So if you want to look at your notes, yeah, you your Bibles, open them up to Psalm 103. Here's what the Lord does for us. And we just keep this in mind. It says, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. You might want to circle the words never forget. In other words, we have to constantly remind ourselves of all of these good things that God, our loving Uh, Father does for us. It says, he forgives all my sins. Is that a good thing? Oh, that's a good thing. Anybody here need to be forgiven? Yeah. Okay. So praise God. He provides forgiveness. He's the only one who provides it. God forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Is that a good thing? Yeah. Does God bring healing to our lives? And is that a great thing to experience healing? Yes. It is, keep reading. He redeems me from death. Another word for this is delivers me. He delivers me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He adorns us. He crowns us. He gives us these jewels. He, he gives us these raiments. Is that the right word? The, the garments, the, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. He's got a, a thing for your head. It's love. It's tender mercy, right? And, and it's this great thing that makes you beautiful in his sight. And then it says, he fills my life with good things. Underline that. He fills my life with good things. So often what we do is we look at the good things we don't yet have and we complain. Instead of looking at the good things that the Lord has already filled our lives with and give praise, he fills our lives with good things. Now look at this last, he says, my youth is renewed like the eagles. He renews us, our youth is renewed like an eagle. Would you turn to the person next to you and say, you look like a young eagle. Please do that. You look like a young eagle. Oh, you uh, as well. Okay. So today, I'm inviting you to step into all these things that God does for us, all these things that he fills our lives with, but I'm inviting you to step into them bigger. I'm inviting you to step into them more. I'm inviting you to remember them more intentionally, to claim them as your promises more specifically, that you would say, Lord, I want more. I want more of you. I want more of your love. I want more of your grace. I want more of your presence in my life, more of your power so that I can live the life bigger and better, the life that you've called and created me to live. That's what we want. We want to step into these things bigger. Now, if there's anyone in all of Scripture who understands bigger, it's the man Paul, Apostle Paul. He understood bigger. He lived bigger. He, he got this concept. But we see in uh, some of the writings of Paul, specifically in Ephesians chapter 3, we see, it's almost like the, it's the benchmark passage about bigger, that God is bigger. And, and so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna turn to this passage and we're gonna dissect it and see what it has for us today. So here we are, we're in Ephesians chapter three, starting in verse 16, we'll read to verse 20, and then we're gonna pick it apart. Paul writes, I pray that from his, who's he talking about? He's talking about God. From his glorious Unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. That is an incredibly powerful passage. I encourage all of you to to take that passage and meditate on it daily this week. To see what it has as, it, as God unfolds for you the bigger life that he calls you to. But let's fill in some blanks. Let's see what it is that this passage actually says for us today. Verse 16, the fill-in is that God's resources are not limited. They are not limited in any way. They're not limited by money. They're not limited by human resource. They're not limited by any physical reality. God is unlimited. His resources are without limit. What does he use his resources for? Friends, he uses them to empower us. That's what the scripture says. He uses his resources, unlimited as they are, to empower us. So by proxy, that means your resources are unlimited as well. God's resources are without limit. He uses his resources to empower your life and your faith journey. Okay, his spirit strengthens ours. Paul says, from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you, right? He will empower you with inner strength through the Holy Spirit. And then he says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. I've actually heard a preacher say it never says in Scripture that Jesus is going to come and live in your heart. And I'm like, have you read Romans? Um, because that's what it says. Romans, you know, they, we can invite Jesus and he will come and dwell in our hearts. And so Jesus comes and he, he comes and he gets the keys to Mike Howerton's heart and he moves in. And the first thing that Jesus says is, oh, this is a fixer-upper. Oh, my. Now, When my wife Jody and I moved to the Northwest, we moved in in 2004 to the the house that we currently live in, we knew we were moving into a fixer-upper, and so we came in, we got the keys, we walked through the house for the very first time, and uh, we we had moved our family up, and we had a motorhome that was in the driveway, and uh, we walked through the house, and then we walked out of the house. We sat back down in the kitchenette of the motorhome, and Jody just burst into tears. She's like, what have we done, you know? And it was a, it was a total fixer-upper. We, we stripped the ceilings, and we stripped all the floors, and we painted every wall in the house. And we had to put a new roof on because there were trees growing through the current roof. And, and we had to replace the furnaces because they were spewing carbon monoxide, which I understand is it's bad for your asthma. And... Uh, <laughs> And there was just so many projects. We ended up putting in a new kitchen and a couple of bathrooms. And, and I will tell you that eight years later, our project list is longer today than it was when we moved in. And you're like, Mike, you moved into a money pit. Oh, yes. Yes, I did. And so did Jesus. Now, the only difference between Jesus and me in this regard is that when Jody and I moved into this house, we blew through all the money we had set aside for a remodel in like 30 days. Right? It was just gone. We're like, poof, where did that go? It's gone. Oh. And, the, you know, the project list is huge, but the resource list is gone. And yet Jesus says, yeah, Mike, you're a fixer up or you're a money pit. His resources, however, are unlimited. Yeah, he keeps working. He keeps doing his work. He keeps, he keeps st- challenging us to step forward through our fear, right? Because it's our fear that keeps us in these places where we are. Even though it steals our lives, we're afraid to step forward. But when we do, the Lord does some work and he puts a new roof on. And he's the one who, who fixes the flooring. And he's the one who takes care of the pipes and the electrical. And and all that stuff is stuff that we sort of assume he's going to do, but pretty soon he starts knocking out walls and throwing out wings and, and laying new foundation because he's building a palace with this thing. He's going to live here forever, right? So we've got to recognize that his resources are unlimited. He's making his home in our hearts, and we've got to be ready to let him do his good work. The next thing we see in verse 17 is your roots will grow deep. Your roots will grow deep, Paul says, deep down into God's love and keep you strong. So we're launching a new series in September the 16th. We wrote this devotional guide, Gary and I. We want to put it in your hands, lead the whole church through this series called Rooted because we want our roots to grow deep. We want to be grounded, well-grounded, our roots growing deep, getting the nourishment from the Lord so that no matter how the wind blows in this life, no matter what the circumstances are that blow across the surface of our life, our roots are grown deep. And we are untouched and unmoved by the storms of this life. Then your roots will grow down deep, it says in verse 17. Verse 18, we see that his love is bigger than you think. His love is bigger than you think. Paul's praying that we'll understand how wide it is and how long it is and how high it is, how deep it is. He's praying that we'll understand. But then the next sentence, he says, though it's so great, you'll never understand it fully. It's beyond our comprehension. His love is bigger than you think. If you think you've got God's love nailed down, it's not God's love you've got nailed down. It's bigger than we can comprehend. And this delights the Lord to be bigger than we can comprehend. It delights him. It gives him glory. If you could fully comprehend God, he'd be a pretty small God. Because our minds are really small minds. Uh, uh, No offense to you and all of us, right? Our, Our minds are small. If we could fully comprehend God, it wouldn't be much of a God. So his love is beyond anything we can comprehend. And then look at the next verse. Verse 20 says, God gets glory when he blows us away. God receives the glory when he blows us away. See, he is bigger than we can comprehend. How much bigger is he than we can comprehend? Oh, infinity. Infinity bigger, right? So, It says God who is able to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or imagine. Infinitely more than we might ask or think. So here's what I want you to do right now. I want everyone just for a second close your eyes for one moment and I want you to imagine a great victory that God could accomplish through you. Right now you might want to think about a sin pattern in your life that you think God could break. You might want to imagine a goal that God could accomplish through your life or a problem in the world that you could imagine God could eliminate through you. Imagine an injustice that God could end through you. Now I want you to hear this truth. Whatever you can imagine, God can do more. However big your dream, however much you are asking, God can deliver bigger. You can open your eyes. Friends, that's why this message is called Bigger. Because no matter how big our faith is, God is bigger yet. No matter how big our comprehension of God is, God is bigger still. No matter how big our willingness to risk for his glory is, God is saying there's more. It's bigger. Your life, your faith, your impact, it can be bigger still. And the only way to be bigger is to trade up. That's the next fill-in. In order to go bigger, you've got to trade up. At the beginning of the summer, our student ministries had an activity that they did with the students. By the way, we've got one of the greatest student ministries in history at Overlay Christian Church. And they... they they had this activity. It was on a Wednesday night. It was called Bigger and Better. Did you guys do this activity, Bigger and Better? Anybody? No? Nobody? Have I lost the student ministries already? What does it start with, students? It starts with a paperclip, okay? So they break up into teams. They give every team a paperclip. They send them out in the community. They said, you trade this paperclip up and you keep trading up and you see where you can get to at the end of the night. And at the end of the night, whichever team comes back with the biggest trade up, they win. Okay? And so I, I emailed Pastor Rory. I said, Rory, could you give us a couple of uh you know bigger and better stories? And so he sent me two. So here they are. I'll just give them to you. Team one started with a paper clip, which they traded for a plastic kiddie pool. Then they traded the kiddie pool for a Dean Martin poster. Then they traded the poster for a 24 case of Mountain Dew. Then they traded the Mountain Dew for an Xbox controller, an Xbox controller for a washer and dryer, and the washer and dryer for a brand new laptop. That's not too shabby. I thought that was probably the winner until I heard about team two. So here's what team two, God, I found this unbelievable, uh, but this is from Rory. So if it's not true, honestly, he'll stand before the Lord. Uh, (laughs) Team two started with a paperclip and they traded up for a leader of seven up, which they traded up for a garden gnome, which they traded up for a Zune which they traded up for a working tractor. Now I find this unbelievable that the students would even know what a Zune was. Um, I'm just kidding. You can Google it later. I wanna tell you this is the kind of trade up that I'm talking about experiencing in your faith. See, some of you, you've got faith that's like a paperclip, and the Lord himself is inviting you to trade up. God himself is saying, give me that paperclip and see what I give you in return. See, some of us, we're holding on to our tricycle faith right now, and God's saying, I've got a Lamborghini for you. Some of us, we're just holding on to our, you know, it's, it's, our, it's our ragged clothing that we're wearing, right? Our, our tattered good deeds. And God's saying, hey, trade that in, and I will clothe you in my garments of righteousness. For all of us, no matter where we are in this faith journey, some of us, we might not even, you came in here, you don't even have a faith. Okay, offer that to God. Say, God, here I am. I'm not even sure what I believe. I came in here not even knowing if you exist, but I'm going to offer you my doubt. What can I get in exchange? No matter where you are in your faith journey, you've been a follower for years and years. You think you're at this incredible plateau, it can't get any better. Friends, it can. Wherever you are, offer it to God. Trade up. Let God take you into a bigger place. For your life, your faith, your impact, for his glory, and for your best. Now, I was at the Overlake uh, 5K, it's, it's our race against HIV-AIDS. This was earlier in the spring, and, and I met a man named Ed, and we ran together for a little while, and I, I only had a few moments to talk with Ed, but I really was intrigued. I thought, you know, Ed is living the kind of life in which he has traded up in his life, and, and he's living a bigger kind of life. And, and so I would love to introduce him to you this morning. Go ahead and watch this video.
1: The man you're about to meet could fill a novel with life lessons. He's proof that despite great obstacles, you're never too old to get into shape, and it's never too late to turn your life around. King Five's Joe Fryer takes a look at his inspiring journey.
2: We'll start on the floor. The surprising thing about this story. Is not that Ed Sproul's left leg? Eight reps. Is made of carbon fiber and titanium. Nice, good. And try and keep the toes spread out in the shoes. That's going to help with stability. He always says that. I laugh. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The surprise is what Ed is out to prove. Yeah, there you go. That he is made of iron. You just tell him to do it and he does it? Three decades after losing his leg, let's come forward. Ed is training to run a marathon. Let's go 10 yards. Go toes up. <laughs> 26.2 miles on his prosthetic running foot. Whoops. Yeah. Proceeded by 112 miles on his bicycle. <laughs> Drive up, pull. Proceeded by 2.4 miles, swimming in the water. I'm excited. I kind of wish it was tomorrow. That way I could say I did it and I was done. That's right. With 20 triathlons already logged in his personal record book, Ed's sights are now set on the greatest triathlon of them all, the Ironman. I'd like to say that I'm not addicted, but I'd be lying. Hey, Ed. Hello. To prepare, he needs to do more than train. This is the new running foot we've ordered for you. He needs legs, one for running, another for swimming. I don't have a lot of patients who've got more than than one or two legs. Ed now has a leg for every stage of the Ironman. I'm looking at how the foot strikes the ground. I think I see something. For prosthetist Richard Wall of Hanger Clinics, it's a drastic change from when he started working with Ed six years ago, back when just one prosthesis was more than enough. Too out of shape. It was then that Ed and his wife, Linda, decided to change their ways.
1: We wanted to have a longer life, a healthier life.
2: (laughs) Through hard work, Ed lost 40 pounds, an amazing transformation, but nowhere near his biggest. I believe in a god of second chances, no doubt. You see, to really understand how far Ed Sproul has come, you must go back to 1981, the year he lost his leg. I tell everybody it was a drunk driver. That drunk driver was Ed, a member of a motorcycle club. He was racing his bike when the brake line blew. I tried to pass a car on the right, and I think it
1: was turning right, so it clipped my leg, and I went flying through the air. He lost his leg that day, and the troubles didn't stop there. The drugs and the gangs and the violence and stuff got out of hand in 1991. I was arrested and sentenced to 72
2: months in federal prison for drug trafficking. And that. Is where the real transformation began.
1: God has a great sense of humor. He locked me up with a guy that had an addiction to teaching mathematics and I've got an addiction to learning and away we went.
2: After leaving prison, Ed went to college then got a great job at Microsoft <laughs> and then he met Linda. She's my, my life. Thank goodness. SECOND CHANCES.
1: I DON'T CARE HOW FAR YOU'VE FALLEN, HOW BAD A CONDITION YOU'RE IN PHYSICALLY, HOW BAD A CONDITION YOU'RE IN SPIRITUALLY,
2: JUST HOW BAD YOU ARE IN LIFE, YOU CAN TURN IT AROUND. WHILE ED STILL RIDES HIS MOTORCYCLE, HE SPENDS FAR MORE TIME ON A BICYCLE. MY COACH SEES MY HEAD WEAVING HE'LL YELL AT ME. AS HE WORKS TO BECOME AN IRON MAN. I'LL BE HAPPY IF I'M STILL MOVING AT THE FINISH LINE. HIS WIFE HAS LITTLE DOUBT.
1: HE CAN DO IT. Yeah, he'll finish it. If I have to drag him across the finish line, he will finish it.
2: <laughs> no matter what, she knows Ed has already proven what he's made of. In Redman, Joe Fry, King 5 News.
0: That's yeah, a little bright. Well, Ed and Linda, thank you for being here, and thanks for letting us uh, just learn from your story this morning. Um, Just real quickly, Ed, what I want to do is jump to the place. I I think you were around 36 years old. You're now in prison in a a federal uh, penitentiary, and and it's for uh, uh, drug trafficking. I
1: was in a county jail.
0: A county jail, okay. That, ha-
1: that happens first. You get to go to prison later.
0: Okay, so, <laughs> well, what, what, and you've already lost your leg at this point.
1: Yeah, I had, I had really just received what I call a holy pruning. Okay. Every, everything in my life that I thought was worth it, everything that I thought was great, what I really thought was me was just instantly gone. I woke up one morning in a county jail. And separated from, uh, I had a very influential place as the president of a motorcycle gang. Uh, very good business, trafficking drugs all over the United States. It was all gone. I was in a green jumpsuit. Uh, they did let me keep one tennis shoe because I have a special, uh, special issue. But I knew I wanted my family back, and I knew I wanted to feel like life was going to be okay again. So I started playing a game. I was kind of in my head. I thought I'd tell my parents that I wanted to change, and started to play a game, and uh, they, uh, they called the local assembly of God, which happened to be Brownsville, and they sent a pastor out who talked to me, and it wasn't but about one visit, and he just looked at me like, he just cut right through me, just by looking at me. And he said, when are you going to stop playing with God? And that was it. It just, it gripped me. I
0: went back to that cell, and life changed. Wow. Right on, Ed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, so, so d- tell us what you told me the other day. You tell people that you got a little what? Oh,
1: I got a little jailhouse religion.
0: Yeah, know. yeah. You got a little jailhouse religion.
1: <laughs> that would have been uh,
0: 1991, yeah. So, 20 plus years ago. Yeah. And um, give us sort of the, uh, so here, here you are in jail and you give your life to Christ, right? You trade up. Um, give us the bullet points uh, since then. well I'm ready to go
1: home now God I'm saved uh, you can let me out of here but see we, he's got a plan you know yeah. what we have to realize and, and like Mike was saying earlier it's infinite I may think I'm where I'm at now but where I'm going but I'm not there's, there's just, I know there's more but at that point I gave my life to Christ and uh, I did eventually get sentenced to 72 months in federal prison and, and God knew that I liked to learn He locked, he put the people in my life in that prison to help me get an associate's degree while i was still in prison got into a private university i actually got accepted to that university while sitting in a prison or uh still incarcerated uh wasn't in a prison cell i did my time at uh, federal prison camp i was able to come out and and get my degrees and after three uh, tries i actually got hired at microsoft i've been there for 12 years and god gave me my beautiful wife and i mean i i don't believe he's done i believe there's more yeah
0: that's great that's a great you don't you don't happen to work on the zoom over there at microsoft that's i worked on the media player for one of the reasons. <laughs> I
1: have hey, repented
0: did you uh <laughs> Now, we might have to have you back to share, but um, has God done anything in your finances? Has God done anything with your fitness? Uh, Do you want to just give a a bullet point there?
1: I I think the the thing back there probably gave the whole story. At one point, we were ridiculously overweight. My father passed away of atherosclerosis, and... I looked at my doctor and said, do you think I'm going to catch that? And he says, well, you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you're sedentary, and about 60 pounds overweight. They were a little off on the news. I lost 55. My wife lost over 70. I think it was over 135 combined. Yeah. And we've just grown a lot closer realizing that God, our body's a temple. God gave it to us to take care of it. And you need to take care of it. Our finances were a mess. Uh, one time we had two mortgages. Um, Auto loans, school loans, credit card debt, Uh, Financial Peace University, shameless plug. We're going to help lead that. And uh, Actually, we started living it long before we took the course, but God has given us the opportunity to completely be debt-free now for several years. Everything is paid for in our lives, and we're just very blessed that way, and we're more blessed to be able to give it away. I, I can't believe the blessings of giving. Yeah. I can't ever explain that. You have to experience it for yourself.
0: So you guys catching that? At every juncture in their lives, they started giving it to the Lord. The Lord met them and, and traded up. And it's just been a really great journey. Linda, I want to ask you, how did this guy do in the Ironman?
1: He finished. He finished? Um. Yeah. Uh, as you can tell, he's quite the overachiever, so he went in with uh, a plan and where he wanted to be at certain times and hit certain goals, and he actually stuck with it, and I think that that's what got him through.
0: Yeah. yeah. So actually, exhaustion slowed me down to those <laughs> points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right on. Can we thank these guys for coming and sharing with us today? Thank you, Linda. And thank you very much. Thank okay. Now, I do want to let you know that Ed and Linda are going to be available after the service. They're going to be hanging out at the OCC Espresso area. And um, Ed has, Ed, where are you? you? Did you bring your... Yeah, so he brought a couple legs, so if you want to check out, you know, hey, how often do you get to talk to a bionic man, right? And so, uh, yeah, uh, if you want to stop by and, uh, and talk to these guys, they would love to have some time with you. Here, here's what I want to leave you with. Wherever you are, give it to God. He'll take you higher. However big you have, you give it to God, and he will give you more. You give to God your worry, and trade up, he'll give you his peace. You give to God your isolation, and trade up, he'll give you friendship. You give to God your selfishness, he'll give you a life of generosity, You give to God your own strength. He gives you a life that's lived by his strength. You give to God your sin, trade up. He gives you a life of freedom. You give to God your sense of confusion. He trades up, gives you a life lived with purpose. You give him your life lived with dissatisfaction, trade up. He gives you his life filled with joy. At every single juncture of every one of our lives, we are invited to go bigger with God. Isn't that what you want? I mean, don't you sense that, gosh, it just feels like sometimes there's a ceiling. It's hard to push through. I mean, isn't this what our heart's deep longing is? Is to break through that plateau and to experience more of God's spirit and more of God's pleasure and more of God's presence and more impact and purpose with our life. Isn't that what our hearts truly long for? I don't mind us. And so Overlake, I just wanna ask you, go bigger. It's time. This is the season. This is the opportunity that we have as we enter into this fall season, let's go bigger together. And it's all because of the heart of Father God. See, the scripture says this in Psalm 103, 13. The Lord is like a father. Circle that phrase. He's like a father to his children, tender and compassionate. Out of his tenderness and out of his compassion, he invites you to go bigger He invites you to take the next step. He invites you to trade up and to pierce the firmament, waiting to be broken through with your risk, with your desire to take that step. Now, I just want to give you one action step today. See, I believe that for many of us, the reason why we're plateaued, the reason why we're kind of stuck at the ceiling is because we're trying to live our spiritual life in isolation. We're trying to do it on our own. Trying to do it on our own strength. We don't have anyone encouraging us. We don't have any spiritual friendships. We don't have any spiritual conversation throughout the week. We're just, we're trying to do it in isolation. The problem is, that has never been God's plan for us. And so I wanna challenge you, every single one of you who is not living a life rich in spiritual friendships, I want to challenge you to take the step and to get plugged into a life group. The feeling is to trade up your solo journey for a life group, to expand your faith circle, to see your spiritual friendship base grow bigger as you desire to live bigger for God in the first place. And I believe that if you will take that step, if you will meet the Lord in trading your isolation for community, he will meet you in taking you through to that bigger place in your life, in your faith, and in your joy. So Overlake, I want to challenge you with those words and I want to invite you right now to pray with me and let's come to the Lord ready to trade up and go bigger. Jesus, we want to thank you for the invitation. We want to thank you for the reality that you are bigger, the invitation that you have to go bigger. We want to thank you for the example of Ed and Linda, that they have walked this road, that they have traded up. And even now in their incredible place of life and faith and impact, even they are continuing to pursue a bigger faith and a bigger joy and a bigger impact for you. Lord Jesus, we want to walk in those footsteps. We want to be the men and the women who are in community, who are encouraging one another, who are living this life as family, and who are bringing you great glory, giving you a great reputation as we live lives of great impact for your kingdom. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for loving us first. We thank you for calling our names. We thank you for paving the way, for giving us grace, for giving us and inviting us to live lives of purpose. We pray all of this in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.